You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Today's episode of the After Chat is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's the real deal and you know that this stuff works. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys with dysfunction. It's for any guy who wants extra function and to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Bill, what have you heard about Blue Chew? I just heard that Blue Chew is magnificent, and Blue Chew is for you. If you're listening to this, and some of these wrestlers who are on the road all the time, and that moment comes up, there she is, and man, I'm tired. I worked a whole week of matches. Well, Blue Chew is right there for you. For wrestlers, for fans, for anybody who needs that extra boost, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, Wait no a minute, waiting. So, so, so you, you know your next-door neighbor won't know that that's happening. Unless so, your next-door neighbor is the person that you're enjoying Blue Chew with. Oh, I never thought of that. Oh, maybe you, maybe mm. you should think of it. I'm not sure who your neighbors are, how your wife would feel, but no waiting in the pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness like this part of the promo. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code, Bill. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com promo code Bill to try it free. Absolutely free. Yeah. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the After Chat. And by the way, if any of you wrestlers have tried this and you've talked about it in the dressing room, um, tweet it out to us. We'd like to hear your Blue Chew memories. Uh, you, can, you can tweet it to Bill. Promo code Bill. Hey Josh. Yeah. You in the recording studio? Yeah, we're recording. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in after Alley. What is this? Are we finally at twenty-five? Uh, fans, yes, we've passed that. No, not 25 fans, 25 episodes of the After Chat. Mm, we're so close. But today is episode 24, so welcome to the After Chat. I'm Josh Chernoff, wait a one minute, of wait your co-hosts. Let me do and, the math. And, and the guy doing the math and, and uh, over there is the lovable Bill Apter. <laughs> and next week, it's an anniversary for us. It's a landmark. Yes. Will we make it? We will make it because we have some great sponsors. We have Blue Chew. God bless you. Uh, we we have uh, um, tell them about uh, Mac Davis and his great product. Mac Davis has a great product called Smart Hold, and you'll hear a little right. bit more about that later. Right here on episode twenty four, we're having so much discombobulated fun here. And and but you know John- why? Because we're both burning our candles at both ends. Uh, 
I, I am exhausted, you're exhausted, but we wouldn't have it any other way because I think we are both uh, thoroughly enjoying all the things that are exhausting us. Oh, yeah, I, bur- I burned the candle the past 48 hours on the left side, the right side, and in the middle. I've heard that about you. You want to hear about it? I actually would love to hear about that. So, Bill, you were, you were traveling. You were out of town. Why don't you tell us all about this? Wonderful Willie was out of town. And one of the really, I mean, you know, I've done so much during my 50 plus years in the pro wrestling business that I'm always looking for something new. And a few months ago, I got this uh, email. Well, let me back up. A few months ago, Gene Okerlund had told me about these elite wrestling fans called the Smart Marks in Florida, Fort Lauderdale, that every month they take a wrestling personality to a dinner at the exclusive Brazilian Chima Steakhouse in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, Gene Okerlund told me, he said, boy, this is fun. If they ever get a hold of you, you got to do it. And uh, just a few weeks later, I got an email from uh, one of the uh, Smart Mark people asking me if they uh, took care of my hotel and airfare and paid a, um, um, a fee of my choosing, $50 million, of course, Naturally. Uh, that they would love to have uh, bring me to dinner at the Chima Steakhouse. So, yeah, I said, yeah. I talked to several wrestlers who have done this, and they said, this is incredible. So they picked me up at the airport yesterday. Uh, three of uh, the smart marks were there, uh, Robert. Bob and the guy we're just going to call the Comcast cable guy. Okay. Yeah, and they took me to the Chima Steakhouse, and I'm not a big steak eater. You know, I'm I'm still on a college diet. I'm still on like pizza and burgers. Yeah, you're not into nutritional chocolate uh, value. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not a steak. If somebody takes me to to a fine steakhouse, I ask them what their best hamburger is. But I got to tell you, they told me they said just chill out and open up. And I have to tell you, I've never had uh, steak this good. And the salad bar was incredible. And you know, you know, I really picked out, picked out on, on the salad bar, no. the, uh, the, the rolls. Yeah. What type of rolls? <laughs> right, right. The, 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 those little like, uh, like the butter, rolls. like a butter roll type. Thing, no, no. They're, they're crusty French rolls. Like a croissant. No, like crusty French rolls. Like a- what? A crusty French roll. Well, I'm not familiar with the uh, inside terminology. You would, it's like the sourdough rolls you would get at Panera. Okay. Crunchy and small. Picked out on those. And, but the steaks were, uh, were incredible. It was treated so well. And then afterwards, instead of bringing me to, uh, my room right away, they surprised me and took me out to a great karaoke joint. I did, uh, uh, I sang, uh, uh, Glenn Campbell's old hit song, Wichita Lineman. Then we went back to my room. And that's where the Blue Chew came out. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, Let's no, I meant because there. I thought, because they're oh, great no, sponsors, no, you just no, have a no, no, ton of them no, no. waiting <clears throat> out to people. So I brought them uh, a lot of the memorabilia from After's Alley. Yeah. Uh, some masks that they could try on. Uh, my cow belt, the original cardboard cow belt, uh, Taz singlet. And then I showed them the uh, video that I show at my one-man show of me wrestling people in the old uh, magazine offices. And uh, after they left, I said, you know what? This was the most different experience. 
these were some elite fans who wanted to bring me down and talk to me and have dinner with me. And they were all wrestling historians. They were great. We, we talked for hours and I had one of the best times of my life I, in terms of my career. Uh, they were just regular guys. So I'm going to put something out there now. I get a lot of, and Josh, you know this, I get a lot of requests from fans saying, oh, I wish you could meet, we could meet. I wish Absolutely. you could meet. So my email address is bapter at onewrestling.com. That's the number one, not the word. Or you can hit me up at Twitter at after one wrestling. I'm going to put this out there because I had such a good time and this wasn't anything formal that if there's any fans out there who on a weekday, on a weekday, a Wednesday or a Thursday, would like to fly me in to their town and take me to dinner and sit for three or four hours and question me, take pictures, sign autographs, whatever you'd like to do. And it doesn't have to be a fancy schmancy dinner like they treated me to at Chima. And thank you uh, for doing that. But, you know, I'll, I'll go out for pizza. Um, but if you want a private, uh, let's get together with Bill after. Email me and let's see if we can uh, if we can work this out. I would love to uh, to do more of these. All right. Sounds good. Um, it's a wonderful time, Josh. I'm sorry you weren't there. Oh, no, I I, I feel like that's not entirely honest, but it was uh, well, <laughs> it no, sounds there, like it was an awesome time. There was no need for sarcasm. So, no, glad you stayed home then. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm just kidding. No, it, you know what? It sounds like a really, really cool um, experience. And yeah. Now, I have a question for you. What would happen if you for some of the fans that are uh, – more local like let's say somebody in in pennsylvania or new jersey or delaware who might want this um would you just drive there or no no i would just fly to fee? florida and then come back from florida well that makes sense you want to show no, up no. The of course it depends what the uh either drive or uh uh or you can uh, send a car to get me i'll get out of the way in time but uh oh, boy. but yeah we can <laughs> if it's local pennsylvania or new york we can work something out definitely all right well, sounds really cool, and uh, so that's what you've been up to, but why don't we find out what the rest of the wrestling world's been up to with a little headlock on headlines. All right. What's going on in the wrestling world? Not not that much. Well, you know, we do have the uh, Royal Rumble coming up, but once again, we need to talk about uh, the elite. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, the they're, elite. they're absolutely taking over the wrestling news cycle. Um, just the, the people wondering now, there's been a lot of, of speculation over who's going to jump to all elite wrestling from the WWE. Uh, but also bill the, the elite, the, I guess you'd say the the original elite members, uh, made a surprise appearance. Yes, they did at a, uh, in Los Angeles at a bar wrestling show. Uh, the young bucks, Cody, Brandy, and, uh, Hangman Page uh, made a surprise appearance. And SoCal Uncensored was there as well. Yeah. Well, they were booked on that show. And uh, I, you know what I have a feeling is going to happen here? And, and this is just speculation. It's nothing that I know for sure. I think the elite are going to show up at various independent organizations and make themselves known in – all different parts of the United States on the independent level, just showing that you never know where we're going to show up. 
Yeah. Does that I, make know, sense to you? It does make sense. And I think it's <laughs> at least initially, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense because it, it just continues. Look, we've got a, a decent amount of time between now and Double or Nothing. And, you know, obviously uh, Cody and the Bucks and those involved are hard at work, I'm sure on a daily basis, working uh, well into the evening on on the uh, on all elite wrestling, but for the fans, you have to stay in in the uh, in their minds. You have to stay in the front of their mind. You have to stay in front of them. So I think yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of them just popping up from here and there because otherwise, people you know, time moves on and people might kind of forget. And that was something that happened uh, with the global force wrestling that uh, that Jeff Jarrett was trying to start. It was they made an announcement. It was kind of huge. Now, of course, that never really kind of came to fruition as they had hoped. But um, they made this big announcement, and then just time went on, and people were like, "All right, I kind of forgotten about it," you know. So I know that that's something that uh, they they want to keep that energy and they want to keep that excitement going. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I think they're going to keep showing up places. Yeah, is it just me right now, or is has Kenny Omega kind of? Uh, Fallen off people's radar. Well, I think that moment. that's. I, I think in a way that's kind of intentional. Um, Kenny Omega uh, has has made it known that he is not going to continue with New Japan. So I think at this point in time, wherever he is going to go, uh, can't really make much of a statement about it. And New Japan is going to kind of dial it back a little bit. They're not really shoving Kenny Omega down everyone's throat. Because why would you do that for a guy who's leaving? So I think you're going to hear in the next couple of months a lot about Kenny Omega, in my opinion. Um, but it remains to be seen. Let's talk about an, a very early candidate for match of the year. Did you watch SmackDown? I did. I have to tell you that it amazes me it absolutely amazes me the performance level of Rey Mysterio Jr. His match against uh, uh, Almas, uh, Andre Cien, who's now just going to be called uh, Andre. I thought they should call him Almas. It's just catchier to me. It's easier to say. Mm -hmm. But uh, his match, and yeah, it takes two to tango. I think it's Andrade, but, by the way. Yeah. Andrade, yes. Andrade, yeah, I can't. Yes, Andrade. I'm gonna yeah, but I think, no I think I Almas would be a lot easier to roll off the tongue. Yeah. But, but their match, when you talk about two people perfectly matched for to put on a spectacular performance, their match this past week on SmackDown. Uh, I mean, did you see the uh, Hurricane Rana on the ring apron? Yes. That Mysterio did. That was like killer. Uh, did you see the uh, that spot Mysterio did where he climbed up him and just rolled him over into another into a pinning combination? Yeah, it, it was just when we had talked about this off air that they're just uh, they they just work together the two of them and that's not something that you can you can plan you can think that two guys are gonna have all the chemistry in the world and then man sometimes. They get in there and it's just a dud. Like it just doesn't work. These two great talents with no chemistry. Uh, these guys, I think, hit oh, it out. They knocked it out of the park. I don't think anyone anticipated. I think everyone anticipated a decent match, 
but I don't think anyone anticipated that, that chemistry, that thing that you just, that intangible that you just can't, you can't teach two guys to have. So I, I, uh, I'm really excited to see where this goes. I'm hoping, as I had told you before, I'm hoping, uh, that they drag this out and give them uh, a real spotlight at WrestleMania. I would love to see that. Um, I think that would be a great, great placement for Andrade um, and for Rey Mysterio to just kind of be, be back on top there. Uh, and Rey, it really is what you're saying is true. I feel like if you were to look at Rey's matches, uh, people who had never seen him, they might think that that his time in like 2010 or so came after the stuff they'd be seeing right now. Yeah, I I agree. It's just that he's 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 matured so much. But have you noticed that most of his opponents now have found that they can catch him on the six one nine? Well, I mean, when you do the same move for, you know, what what has it been fifteen years? Forever, Eventually, yeah. someone's got to be like, oh, I'm, here I am on the second rope. Oh, wait a minute, I think I know what's going to happen. So. Yeah, you know, he's, he's well-scouted, and all that means is we might need a new move from Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Moving on here, uh, one of the headlines that's come out, and they are declared rumors right now, is that the Revival is looking to end their WWE career. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of a rumor that, that's been going around for a while, and, and I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know that the Revival... Um, really is interested in that but but obviously they're not getting used the way that that people would like and and uh, you are know they I'm, too Josh are they too bland for the they're they're they are more like uh the old school professional wrestlers are they too bland for the entertainment portion of wrestling do you think i i don't think they're too Bland, unless you're, you know, what's what's the old saying? Like if you if you uh, judge a fish based on its ability to climb a tree, you know, like it's it's you have to look at who they are. So they're yeah they're they're that old school team, and when you're trying to put them into these kind of comedic things or all oh, where they're getting you know the rug pulled out from under them by Lucha House Party, yeah. you know, it's it's one of these things where where they're you're not using them correctly so yeah they can come off as kind of bland um in the same way as as guys like uh carl anderson and luke gallows have just been awful to watch when they've been on tv which has not been for a long time but they've been awful to watch where they're actually two very talented competitors uh yeah. they'll do backstage promos that are just whatever the antithesis of funny is However, a guy like Luke Gallows is one of the funniest guys you'll ever hear outside of the ring. So it, it's just they're not being used correctly. Although I think I mentioned Gallows and Anderson. Uh, I think when their contracts are up, they're headed to All Elite Wrestling or back to New Japan. Uh, I think the experiment uh, for them, I, I don't think they'd be happy to stay with the WWE. I think they'll wind up in New, in Japan because I think the WWE is going to be very careful with the contracts regarding going to uh, uh, All Elite Wrestling, I think. I well, mean, I, it, it I, doesn't I matter. The contracts yeah. are, first of all, you have to remember the contract was written long before All Elite Wrestling was an idea. And yeah. their contracts are very, very clear from what I understand, which is that they have 90-day 
no compete no clause compete. on for for television. They're yes. not able to be on television anywhere well, else. There's so. no TV right yeah. now, but they they could be on on a, on a uh, a show with the elite that could be taped for the future. I wonder what the legalities are for that. For what you mean for right? like being the elite? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, we, not not while they're under contract. I, I any attorneys there? Let us uh, know. Let us know. Yeah. That would be no, but but for it to be shown, ninety-one days out. I mean, I don't know how that right? would work. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, if, I don't either. Yeah, if they film something ahead of time, I'm not sure how that would work. But here's the thing: you have to think about with with guys like uh, uh, Gallows and Anderson. Their contracts, from what I understand, are up in January this month, uh, or maybe February. I'm not entirely sure, but they're up right around now. And they'd be theoretically ready to go for double or nothing. You know, you can, their 90 days will expire. So the concern has definitely got to be there for the guys whose contracts are coming up within the next. But you know, wait a minute, 30 wait days. a minute. I, I have an issue, kind of an issue with that, okay? Okay. When they, when uh, Gallus and Anderson first came here from Japan, they were a killer tag team. They were like, mm -hmm. man, everybody was afraid of them. Now they've turned more into a show busy type of almost comedic type of shtick team. Yeah, almost comedic, except they're not funny. Right. But, and, and I don't think they're trying to be, it's just, oh no, no, they're, that they're, they're absolutely they're trying to be. Every single oh, thing right. they're doing is, is supposed to be comedy. Well, now here's my point. They go to something like AEW or Ring of Honor or NWA. Mm -hmm. How do you just click, you know, snap your fingers and they're killer again? The fans aren't going to buy that attitude. They get one shot, I think. And that one shot is because the fans believe that the WWE saddles you with anything bad that happened to you in the WWE. The fans blame the WWE. They, they whether it's true or not. I think the fans have a tendency to just say, oh, the WWE, the, the writers are burying them or whatever. So in my opinion, I think they get one shot. And that one shot is for them to show up and not be anything like how they were in the WWE. And then everyone can go, even, even if all this stuff was their idea, everyone will forgive it and just go, okay, yeah, the WWE writers are the ones who screwed them up. So okay. I, I think yeah, they've got I agree that, with that. that shot. I agree with that. All right. Now, I want to move on to one more headline. Please. And, and you and I talked about this, and I said, how? How is it that Finn Balor is going to take on Brock Lesnar at the, in the main event of the Royal Rumble, and it is not true McIntyre? What a killer. Here, the, the, the draw, the lore of what they've made Drew McIntyre into and not to have him go on to the Royal Rumble in what would be a very intriguing headline match against Brock Lesnar, I don't get it. As long as I've been doing this, it's stuff like this that I can't figure out. Is Lesnar going to kill Finn Balor and then uh, Drew McIntyre will wind up uh, with him at WrestleMania? Why Finn Balor? No well, knock against him. He's, you know, he's a great, he's Finn Balor, but... Yeah, huh? I, I don't know. I, I think it's the same. It's the same thing it's been for a long time. They look, they go, "Oh, Finn Balor, he's over," and and he is with the crowd. He's definitely over. It, it, it's just no, it doesn't make any sense. And we know what match we're getting. We're gonna get a match 
where he gets thrown all over the place, maybe gets a little offense in, and anything other than that is completely unrealistic. You can't have a guy like Brock Lesnar who's training for a legitimate ultimate fighting heavyweight championship fight and have him in there getting beat up by Finn Balor. Like it's not Finn Balor who's been who's been, you know, taken to his limit by Baron Corbin uh, recently, now we're supposed to believe that he's a threat to Brock Lesnar. So I agree with you, Bill. I, I think that it's it's uh, it's a tough pill to swallow at this point. Uh, I do, however, predict that it's going to be the demon showing up, which for a second will make people that oh boy, wait a minute, Brock Lesnar didn't oh, know I, he's getting into this. Yeah, yeah uh, no, you're right, you're right. But Brock Lesnar's still going to win. I, how can he not? You know, um. Yeah, I think as far as someone like Drew, Drew is the future. He is the only good thing going on. And I'm not going to say the only I'm not going to say the only good talent. Don't get me wrong, there's a heck of a lot of good talent there. He is the only good presentation right now. But uh, he he's he's the, he's the the true focus. And did you think like I did at the beginning that it was going to be John Cena? That John Cena was going to face Lesnar? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me yeah. too. Me um, too. but I but again, and I'm I'm just uh I'm dusting off my old Baron Corbin soapbox here. Um, but I'm not blaming Baron Corbin at all this time. I'm blaming Yay! the WWE. I'm blaming the WWE. Um I'm watching this this promo and you've got Vince McMahon and John Cena, and John Cena's hearkening back to the days of ruthless aggression. And you're getting this, you know, you're starting to go like, okay, hey, hey, we're watching, we're watching John Cena and Vince McMahon. This is okay. Well, this is kind of intriguing. And then Drew's music hits and you go, okay, Drew McIntyre's coming out here to get the rub. Like, you know, this is going to be something. And I'm thinking to myself, man, think about Drew McIntyre, who was the chosen one by Vince. And now all these years later, look at, at, at who he is and what he's become and, and, and everything. I was just like, okay, I'm drawn in here and there's some energy. And then Baron Corbin. And I'm like, what, what is wrong with you people? And, and I, you know, and again, I'm not blaming Baron Corbin for that. It's, it's been the same problem with him from day one, bad casting, bad writing. It, it's just, it killed it. It sucked the, the energy out of the promo and out of yeah, the, it, out of it the was segment. just, it was just, uh, to me, it should have been, uh, McIntyre. And it's funny when you talk about, uh, Drew McIntyre being the, uh, the chosen one, you know, what they could have done with him. And I just thought of this the other day, they could have made made him a, a relative and called him Drew McManentire. Moving on. Um, yes. The, uh, <laughs> no, but, but seriously, oh, the, ser- seriously. Well, there's the Mac in both their names. Yeah, no, I, I, I got it. Yeah, but, but I think Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar, why that's not going. And again, Maybe like they're you holding said, off. With, with, with Finn, Finn Balor, um, you know, you can't hold off too long. Because then people keep going, this is going to happen. And then when it does happen, that rub is gone. Well, they're doing it. Right. And so here's the thing. You can hold off if you're not destroying the talent in the meantime. If you're you're just building them and doing a slow build. But when it reaches that fever pitch and you're ready to go, you can't sit on it. And they did that with Roman Reigns. Back in back in when he uh, lost to Batista in the Royal Rumble in the the final two, everyone wanted Roman Reigns and they sat on him for a year and then they tried to give him to you and no one wanted him anymore. Yeah, because yeah. everyone was just like, oh well, you know, now that the WWE wants to push him, so you know, and that's fans being as Daniel Bryan would say fickle, but uh, 
but at the same time, you know, that that's you're playing to your fan base. And I think WWE is uh I think I don't want to say they're in trouble. Um No, no, they're not in trouble. They're not in trouble when they're, I they're not in trouble as a of going out of business or anything like that. But they're they're gonna have to change things up. I think I'm praying that all elite wrestling is going to is going to do something. I think Jericho jumping ship, you know, listening to Jericho's podcast, and we're gonna talk all about Chris Jericho in a minute. But listening to Jericho's podcast and him talking about uh, the conversations he had with Vince. Well, hold off on that until we uh, we 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 get to the Chris Jericho. All right, then let's then segment. let's wrap no, up. No, no, no. There is one more headline. You already said there was one more headline. Well, there's one more. All right. Do you know that Diamond Dallas Page is offering a chance to win one million dollars? As a matter of fact, I do. But Bill, would you like to tell us all about that? Well, you know, I have the press release that uh, uh, Diamond's uh, spectacular uh, Gal Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every day sent us. And uh, uh, it says, what would you do for $1 million? Would you climb Mount Everest? Would you tightrope walk across the Grand Canyon? Would you face your greatest fear? Well, Diamond, pa- Diamond Dallas Page He's not asking you to do any of these things. He simply wants you to own your life. DDP Yoga's positively unstoppable challenge is completely free, and registration is open through January 31st, 2019. The energizing challenge provides the extra push needed to get off the couch, change your life, implement a healthy, achievable habits, and you can sign up for your chance to win $1 million by just going to www.positivelyunstoppable.com. That's www.positivelyunstoppable.com. And Josh, you are already in the uh, in the midst of the whole Diamond Dallas Page DDP yoga, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm 12 weeks into the... Th- First thirteen weeks and wait a minute, halfway through our our episodes. Yeah, yeah, twenty four. You're really knocking it out of the park with the math today, aren't Telling you? Telling you, really, really. Um, but no, I'm I'm twelve weeks in. Um, it is just it's a game changer. It, it changes your life. It changes how you feel. Uh, it, it changes every aspect of you to just feel better. To wake up in the morning and not have those aches and pains. Um. But all of this, everything he's doing here is really uh, all about his his book, Positively Unstoppable. Uh, the which, art of owning it. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, he wants that to be the guide uh, throughout this journey for the million dollars. But I feel like that's something that should be your guide uh, throughout, even if you weren't doing this for the, for the million dollars, um, if you're doing this just for you, just to get your life back. Uh, I, I just, I can't recommend it enough. DDP... And DDP yoga, uh, that that's if you're trying to get yourself back in shape, you're trying to get yourself uh, feeling better. Even if you look great, sometimes you can have those aches and pains um, because you need to get things aligned. You need to, you know, and as he will always say, you know, uh, uh, having a healthy spine helps you hold back the hands of time. So I can't recommend it enough. So, um Diamond, I never told you this about DDP okay. and why why I love him so much, not just because of everything he's done in wrestling. When I was working at WOW Magazine, 
And WoW Magazine crashed, went out of business. That whole company went mm -hmm. out of business. I was lost. I had no magazine. Didn't know what I was going to do, whether I was going to stay in the business or not. My phone stopped ringing. Amazing. Just stopped. Except for one person. As soon as it hit that that magazine was no longer, DDP called me and he said, hey, bro, are you okay? If you need me for anything, make sure you reach out to me. It doesn't matter what it is. He was the only guy who called. Yeah, and you know what? And I think you actually did share that story with us on the After Chat before, but it, it did bear repeating because that really does, uh, that does show you the type of person that he is. He wasn't, he wasn't looking from, for anything from you. What, no. what could you have, at that point, what could you have, have given him? And that's, and he's, you know, um, I've heard people in the past say things about uh, him having a selfish nature and I've never no. experienced no. that no. Uh, in any dealings with him or anything I've ever really heard from you about him. So I have nothing but the utmost respect for DDP. I think that's a great story and testament to, to him and your friendship. Um, I didn't realize that I, I, I told that story before. No, I, I think it, it, it came up at one point. Um, and, I want you to like research I said, it, was, it, Josh. Josh, you need to research it and find out what episode and exactly what time on that episode it was. Oh, I'll be sure to, to do okay, that. Okay, I, I know. Get back to I you um, in like a year <laughs> or so. Have your people get a hold of my people. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so speaking of Diamond Dallas Page uh, reaching out to you, um, well, we reached out to him when we decided that our topic was going to be Chris Jericho and the the uh, ever uh, continuing evolution of Chris Jericho. And uh, uh, DDP was kind enough to record a message for us uh, that we're going to play now. With we asked him to just tell us a little bit about Chris Jericho and and how he feels about him. So, Bill, do you think we should? Maybe throw to that now as an intro to the Chris Jericho topic. Well, you know, DDP is a very philosophical person, and he's known Chris Jericho on both a personal and professional level for so many years. And they had so many great matches against each other in WCW. And to get someone who knew Chris Jericho then and knew him now we made sure that Diamond Dallas Page DDP was on the list of who we should talk to about the evolution that continues of Chris Jericho. I think uh, looking back at Chris Jericho's career, that he is really, um, more than anything, the William Shatner of professional wrestling, how many times he's reinvented himself. If you where I met him in WCW, he came in as Lionheart Chris Jericho, and he'd uh, made a pretty good name for himself in uh, Mexico and Japan, and uh, he did a lot of unique moves that you know you didn't really see. Um, and he was more of a white meat baby face, and uh, he um, he was searching for. Um, you know, like all of us do, uh, searching for, like, what's going to connect him with the people. And then, because uh, he you know, obviously is a serious rock and roller in real life, uh, I always tell people if they're trying to figure out who they are, just, you know, do you amped up, do exaggerated versions of yourself. And uh, that's exactly what Chris did with the Ayatollah, a rock and roller. 
you know, 20 years later, the guy's got uh, hit songs, um, you know, with Fozzie. So uh, this is the early, current, you know, I guess, creation of uh, um, of a piece of him. And what's really interesting, he's done so many gimmicks, but the Ayatollah Rock and Rolla um, really started to get people talking about him because it was fun to say, and he was fun to watch. Um, <clears throat> um, I remember when I was coming up, and I would do anything it took to that was going to be at least make me different and that's what Chris did he's always um, finding another way to get attention not just from his wrestling because he had that but now his character and like why do we want to watch Chris Jericho well then he came up you know as a spoof on uh, Goldberg you know he came up with Ralphus you know Goldberg had all of this um, you know uh, fanfare and all of the uh the bodyguards walking him to the ring. So he had Ralphus. <laughs> I don't know where he found him at. But uh, he had Ralphus walk him uh, to the ring. And it was it was interesting. And he, he used a lot of comedy mixed in with, um, you know, exaggerated personalities. And, uh, again, his work, once he got in the ring, would highlight him because it was... Uh, you know, was superior to many of the boys, and uh, he he was getting attentions on both levels at that point. Um, you know, w- once he went to uh, WWE, he was off and running on something different. And that, the thing I love the most about uh, Chris, because I'm always watching, like what he's doing right now um, with the uh, AEW stuff, and it's not really even AEW; it's more Japan. Uh, with the face paint and stuff. And he's just constantly recreating himself. And that's what, and he doesn't really, you know, a lot of it I I think has to do with like, he wants to see what, if he can get like what he got the word it over, you know, like he was just playing with it. And he's really become so confident in the ring uh, that now I'm not talking about his ring work. I'm talking about his mic skills and his ability to, Get to people to do what he wants them to do, and and some you know some of it throughout the time is going to work, and some of it's not. But most of it <laughs> for Chris Jericho has worked at a, at a different level. So uh, again, everybody should be—I don't care what it is—should be thinking about what is their next reinvention. You know, obviously DDP Yoga, <laughs> DDPY is my next reinvention. Uh, <clears throat> why? Because I want people to stop calling it just yoga. But my point is you got to constantly be one step ahead of everybody. As soon as you start getting the least bit stale, boom, pop it. And I don't think Jericho has ever let anything get stale. What a great comparison to, to, uh, to contrast uh, Jericho's career with William Shatner. And, you know, Jericho has done – so many things beside wrestling. He's been, he's a uh, Fozzie, he's a musician. Um, he's written so many uh, books that have been bestsellers. He's an actor. He just, he's never content, never content to just be the same Chris Jericho. No, he's, he's never content with being the same. And that is why I think, you know, all these years later, almost 30 years later in his career, his career began in 1990. So almost 30 years later, um, 
That's he's why still I think reinventing Chris, himself. Exactly. And I think that that's why Chris Jericho is still the talk of the wrestling business. So uh, let me ask you a question. What was your favorite? What was your favorite incarnation of Chris Jericho? God, there have been so many of them. But I love the thing that he did in WCW with uh, Ralphus. I thought ro- that was great. The role model years, if you will. Yeah, had, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, the unfortunate challenge with uh, Goldberg that never that 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 never uh, took place. But I but I want to tell you something about Jericho and the days that I was with the magazines. There were a lot of guys who wanted to be in the magazines, and I would ask them to pose, and they'd give me. Well, you know, you can have five minutes here, five minutes there. I had such a great uh, line of communication with Chris Jericho. We just kind of hooked on to each other. And he was one of these people that valued publicity. He really did. Mm -hmm. And there were times backstage at WCW when I had my portable um, studio unit when I'd say, Chris, can you give me 10 minutes? And he says, I'll stand there as long as you want. And we stood there sometimes for 45 minutes to way over an hour just posing um, and talking about wrestling because he was a, he was a student of the, of the game. He, loved, he absolutely loved pro wrestling, and he always wanted to make it better. He'd always ask me, uh, we'd do the photos, then he'd go out and wrestle, he'd come back, and I'd be in the hallway or whatever, and he'd say, you know, hey, wonderful Willie, how was it? He'd, he'd always ask me, do you think there was anything that you would see that maybe I could do? He was always looking for new ideas. He would question the other wrestlers about what he might be able to do or how he could do something better. And it wasn't an insecurity at all. It was just he was always looking for something different. When I read Chris Jericho, any of his books, but his first book, um, one of the things that that stood out to me was his view on himself and his career early on. Um, he would talk about how WCW saddled him with uh, this awful music, and he would talk about how the Lionheart thing was so you know white bread baby face, and it was so you know, and it was just like awful. But that's really when I became a fan of him. I loved his music. I mean, I understand that it was just, you know, knockoffs and ripoffs of other songs, but I thought his music fit him. I loved when he would go, he'd come down the aisle and he'd lean back into the crowd and his like, Oh, that was great. You know, great. Yeah. I I just loved it. I thought he just had energy and there was something about him that uh, I was drawn to as a fan. Um, Well, keep in mind, keep in mind that Chris Jericho, even though we know him as a wrestler, because of the stuff that he's done with Fozzie, and what was that TV show that he sang on? I can't remember the name of. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was like, yeah, th- you remember the show though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that f- one point in his career, and I don't know where it was, he reinvented himself as the a wrestling entertainer, so to say. Well, he took pieces of that what he wanted to be maybe in show business. And brought it into his wrestling, uh, in, into what he was doing in wrestling, and reinvented himself that way. Yeah, and and I I think that that time would would have to be probably around, give or take, maybe the the nineteen ninety six area, like, like yeah, that yeah. that time uh, when the NWO was really kicking off, and I believe that's when he he became a a bad guy for the first time. 
um, and in WCW. Uh, and that's when he began, as you mentioned before, the role model uh, gimmick the, the, with Ralphus and everything. And I think that that's when he started referring to himself as the Ayatollah of rock and roll. Oh, and, what a great era. Um, oh. oh, and he would get up there and, and he'd do the whole, you know, I want you to like me or, you know, or uh, whatever. I want you to want me or something like that. I forget what it was, but it was, it was awesome. And he, uh, that's when the Jericho-holics nickname came and, and Monday Night Jericho, which was based off of Monday Nitro. Um, and that I think really was the time when he had that opportunity, as you mentioned, to really bring more of that entertainment side in there. Um, uh, one of my favorite things in the history of wrestling from a character standpoint ever that anyone has ever done was the thousand and four holds. Oh, of course, where he made up name when they were all like every one of them was like an arm lock. Every, everyone was an arm bar. Every yeah, every yeah, couple yeah, of them yeah, was the yeah. arm bar. Then <laughs> was there was great. the uh, the moss covered three handled family credenza, um, which uh, which ended up being the the move that uh, Perry Saturn would do years later. Um, but he had all of these things, but it would always come back to arm bar and then the like uh, Saskatchewan arm bar and all these different things. And it was just it showed. So much personality when he would come to the ring and he'd be, you know, all, you know, pumped up and he would uh, go the wrong way and he'd get himself locked out. And like, no, it was this, all. This, this was great. This was great stuff. You know, I'm going to take something back. Okay. You asked me at the original, uh, original thing about the, uh, which incarnation of Jericho mm-hmm. was my favorite. And that was, but then, and a lot of fans are going to say, really? Really? When he came back to WWE. With the list gimmick, mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite gimmicks of all time. And I think that the fact that you had to go back there and change your mind is kind of the point of everything that we're talking about today. Is that yeah. Chris Jericho has continued to reinvent himself and not just reinvent himself and do something different, but has continued to evolve and do something as good, if not better, than what he had done before. And one of my favorite uh, eras of Chris Jericho was, uh, I would have to say it was around the 2008, uh, time period when he was wearing the suit and tie and he was using, um, big words. He had the, the, uh, axiomatic. He, I think that's what it was. I don't even know the word, the words were huge, but he would, um, the troglodytes. Remember you would call fans troglodytes. Um, but, uh, that was, one of my favorite incarnations of Chris Jericho. And I just, it was just so drastically different from the role model days. It, it, well, I'm going to go back though, to what I was talking about the list, the dynamic between he and, uh, and Kevin Owens yeah. and that whole thing that they did with the birthday party, the um, celebration of friendship, the celebration rather. Yeah. Uh, that whole, thing of, through all the years that I remember Chris Jericho and I I want to point out that in terms of being a professional wrestler not in entertainment he's in my top five he's he, just a great absolutely great pro wrestler I yeah you know what though loved, I think I, I don't I always love those kind of wrestlers who did the who could wrestle and do the high flying Right, but I, I, I don't think he'd be in your top five if you remove the entertainment aspect. I really don't. Because I think that's what made him a, a, a total package there. 
I no, think... no, I, I know, but I'm, I'm just talking about him as a pure wrestler in terms of guys that, okay, top 10. No, 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 uh, but no, no, and I'm not trying. I'm not trying to give you a hard time. No, I'm I actually. I think that it actually speaks to Chris Jericho's talent because I think that he has managed to his entertainment value has managed to fill in any gap that he could have had in the ring to the point where everything he did was at a a, a elevated level because of how he did it. Not necessarily just how he performed the physical move, but how he portrayed the character in doing so. And that, yeah, but that is a professional wrestler. It doesn't, oh, abs- you know. Absolutely. But if you look back at the old model of what the NWA wrestling was, he would have fit that mold even in, if, if he was around in the 70s. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. And that's, that's definitely debatable. I think he would have... I think had he been around in the 70s, you would not have had any of the incarnations of Chris Jericho that you saw in without in his past almost 30-year career. I think you would have had a completely different Chris Jericho that also would have been at the top of his game. Uh, I think he would have he would have fit into that era as well. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. that's the thing with him. He continues to uh, to reinvent himself and fit into any era and any area where he is and if you jump to more recently in new japan he has managed oh, to work a different style have this different appearance putting the makeup on um going to wearing pants instead of the the any any wrestling trunks um and just again reinvented himself for something that worked with that audience something that worked in that environment and i would bet anything i would be incredibly surprised if he does not, when he begins in All Elite Wrestling, I do not believe you are going to see the makeup and the stuff like that that you've been seeing in New Japan. I think you're going to see another incarnation of Chris Jericho. So now the shock, the absolute shock of seeing him at All In, nobody expected it. It was the best kept secret in the entire business. Nobody knew. We were backstage. There was no sign of him backstage before or after the show, right? Right. And um, he is he is documented uh, on his podcast, Talk is Jericho. Um, there's a whole episode where he talks about how he got there and where he was, you know, where they were holding him. and, and um, But he also this week spoke about uh, something he had never said publicly before. Um, and I know you've been traveling, so you haven't had an opportunity to hear it yet probably. Um, but he mentioned that, you know, who paid for the private jet to get him, uh, from the Fozzie show to all in and from all in to the next Fozzie show. Tell everybody. Tony Khan. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that. You didn't know that. No, I did know that. Nah. Why are you saying I didn't know? How did you know that? I know it all. All right. I know it all. All right. Because someone in AEW told me that yeah I, i'm not in aew and i'm pretty sure i'm the one who just told you but no, moving on <laughs> i'm just giving you i'm just giving you a hard time so uh, you, know, you you are and you i don't, don't know why you do i don't know why you do that seriously somebody had mentioned to me that uh khan had been in khan had been part of getting this whole thing he was one of the 
few secret people, let's say, who knew that this was going to happen. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. He was the one who provided the uh, the plane. It was it wasn't me. Right. Yeah. No. I there, don't. I don't. There think were there rumors was... around that I was the money guy mm-hmm. and that that I personally chartered a plane for Chris Jericho. Right. We can now dispel that. And the reason I give you a hard time is a for uh, comedic value, b <laughs> sarcastic uh, just, value. Yeah, just to make our show entertaining. Uh, c. You know, it's to ensure everybody likes to get an email or two. And I want to be able to ensure that you're going to get an email from one of your fans to uh, complain about how I treated you. And uh, keep in mind, keep in mind when I'm on the road, mm -hmm. I'm still getting phone calls. I'm still online and I'm still in the loop. That'll never stop. Okay. Also, I was giving you a hard time because last week. Ladies and gentlemen, he's mad because I didn't clue him in on it go ahead last what now? uh last week you claimed to have been told something from uh from Pac, uh and then kind of backpedaled out of that so i was just trying to hold your feet to the fire because no, uh, that, i pop, get hate mail if i don't hold your feet to the was fire. not was not true i actually talked to neville about it all right so chris jericho is in all elite wrestling now and he signed a three-year contract um, and he, he's, uh, you know, pun intended, he's all in. And, and, and he said there's no heat with Vince McMahon, that Vince understands this is... Yeah, I mean, I think Vince, you know... A business thing. Yeah, I think that, that Vince is understanding of it, but I think it also is a wake-up call to Vince. Um, I know there are a lot of people who think that, uh, that this isn't a, a wake-up call to Vince, that Vince doesn't care, that it's not even affecting him at all. Um, I don't think that's true. I, I think that if it's not affecting him, then for the people who think that Vince McMahon is not paying attention to this, those people are underestimating Vince McMahon's intelligence, in my opinion. So I think Vince McMahon, he might be pay, playing it cool, but he is definitely keeping an eye on all elite wrestling and what they're going to do. He'd be foolish not to. Why would it's not, it's not weakness to be looking at a guy who's trying to compete with you, who's a billionaire, uh, you know, and, and is just taking one of your top talents. You know, I, I don't think that it's, uh, I don't think that would be foolish to be paying attention to them. What do, what do you think? Um, I agree with you. Um, I do think, though, that the WWE's attitude back in the day, so to say, was that the other people don't exist. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, um, as a public face, that's their attitude right now. Right. As a public face. Right. But, however. But we know the how, public however, face when WCW wait, 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 was, was wait, wait, kicking their wait. ass. However, however, once they do, if they need to talk about it, they're probably going to say we wish them the best of luck. Yeah, in their future endeavors. Yeah, but but they know that no one is ever going to achieve the corporate status that WWE has achieved. Yeah, that I mean, it's their mindset. Yeah, that's their mindset. I don't know that I agree. You know, uh, in my opinion, and if they do, it's going to take them twenty years to do it. They're not going to achieve that corporate, um, worldwide. Uh, let's we're on the stock market that WWE is. Yeah. I mean, you know, but being exactly the same, isn't necessarily 
doesn't necessarily mean anything. Look, they will, you can't, uh, in five years, create 50 years of history for your company. Of course not. You know, and that's the thing that no matter how many years uh, all elite wrestling is in business, they, they're always, WWE is always going to have had that history. And WWE is the history of wrestling. Um, but, Are you basing this? I have to ask you a question. Are you basing this on mainly that the cons have got a lot of money? They got a lot of connections. So there's no way that this is not going to work. Oh, I don't think there's no way this is not going to work. I think there are plenty of things that could that could ruin uh, ruin a promotion. Um, I'm basing this off of yes, the cons. Uh, experience in business, experience in, in sports, and uh, their experience in entertainment. I'm also basing this off of their experience in uh, owning these conglomerates, owning these these giant entities. Um, but aside from that, I'm also basing this off of the talent of Cody Rhodes. Well, me and too. The Young See, Bucks. That's, that's, what I, and, that's what I'm basing it on. Yeah, and I, I think that... Uh, it's very easy to look at it and say nothing will ever take the WWE down. But we saw a, a quick rise and fall of WCW. Now, here's another thing, though. The cons are not going to be worried. They're not going to be dealing with that the way Ted Turner was. You know, Ted Turner with the AOL Time Warner merger, that was kind of, that was it for him. You know, he didn't really have the say anymore for, for what he wanted. It's not that situation with, with this group of billionaires, you know. But... At the same time, I also look at this and I think, I mean, just look at look at the world right now. Think about all of the company. God, look at Toys R Us. Had you said a couple of years ago, like, oh, you know, there's a Toys R Us isn't going to be, or when when Amazon started selling toys, had had somebody said you'd been like, oh, you know, eventually that's going to put Toys R Us out of business, you would have said, yeah, they're Toys R Us. They're not going out of business. That's not happening. You might have a competitor, but you're not putting Toys R Us out of business. Well, Toys R Us out of business. Circuit City is out of business. Um, Sports Authority is out of business. I'm just thinking of these giant companies. No, no, I, I, and I, I see where you're coming from, but I'm going to use your cliche because we're supposed to be on track about Chris Jericho here. But Okay, I think we're having— I'm going, I'm, I'm going to use your line, time will tell. Yeah, I don't know that, that I've ever actually said that. I've you, said you at have. the I've said at the end of the day. That's no, a big I, one for you, me. you have, but well, end of the day and time will tell. I think that was episode eighteen. Okay, I'll, I'll be sure to check that out. But make uh, sure you do. I don't but know. Get, Is that something get, I said? Time will tell. Well, um, so let's get back. What I want to say about Chris Jericho. Okay. The point of Chris Jericho helping, and this is where I want to bring this full circle. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho is not just going to be. Chris Jericho, the wrestler. They now have a guy who has office knowledge, so to say, of every major company out there. Yeah. Japan, he's been Ring everywhere. Honor, uh, NWA, WWE, of course. And now he's bringing all this knowledge where he can sit in that office with Cody and the Bucks mm-hmm. and. Billy Gunn and everybody else who's going to, and Brandy who's going to be in there and saying, look, they did it this way. Let's do it this way. 
Maybe I think I would be surprised if he wasn't going to be giving his opinion. I don't know if he's going to have any sort of you know corporate role. I wouldn't they'd be surprised be if he had that too. To, they'd be mad not to use him in a corporate, in some yeah. sort of a uh, uh, advisory or corporate. Chris uh, Jericho is going to he's going to be a big part of that company. Uh, I think inside. Well, we know and out. that. We yeah, know that. I think. Well, no, I'm I'm agreeing with you that I think he's going to be a big part of it inside and out, behind the scenes, in front of the camera. I do think he's going to be a big part of it. Um, and I just, I don't see Chris Jericho being a part of something that he doesn't feel is going to be a player, is going to be a, a, uh, a I agree, player. and I also feel that this is not the last reinvention of Chris Jericho because years from now, and he didn't discount this on an interview I saw recently, uh, he didn't discount eventually going back to WWE. Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I'm sure he would be back to be inducted into the Hall of Fame at some point. Um, maybe he would want to wrap up his career there. Maybe he wouldn't. Who knows? Because he's also said in, in these same interviews that he was being honest a couple of years ago when he said he would never work for any anything in the States other than the WWE. He said he was 100% telling the truth, but things change. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Chris Jericho has managed to continue to uh, evolve with the times and with the environment. And I think that that's a big thing too. You can evolve with the times um, and say, oh, well, what's, what's pop culture like at this point? But he also can evolve with the environment of where he is versus, you know, in a company like ECW, a company like WCW, a company like the WWE. When he was in Japan, he, he worked a Japanese style. And now for All Elite Wrestling, I think what you're going to get is – I really think you're going to get the best of Chris Jericho. I think you're going to get everything he's learned from everywhere, and he's going to just throw that out there, all in the ring, and leave it all in the ring. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very much and we'll looking forward to it. find something new. We're going to see something new that we don't know about. Like yet, I said earlier in the episode, I do not anticipate seeing the same New Japan version of Chris Jericho no. that we saw. No. I think we're going to get no. another new version of Chris Jericho, and. Uh, yeah, I, I think his uh, while his 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 best years may be behind him. I don't know that his best matches are. I don't know that his best uh, you know the best things that he's done is his best character is necessarily behind him. I think no, he, we we may not have seen that. Yeah, yet. and yeah. that is an amazing thing for a guy his age in in this industry to be able to say, man. What, what's he going to do next? Because there are a lot of guys. I mean, you look back to the WCW days when he was an up-and-comer in WCW, and everybody's talking about how those that was the land of the dinosaurs, right? And you had the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, and these guys were all, these were all the dinosaurs. Those guys were a good five years younger than Chris Jericho is right now, if, if not more, in that time period. So it's really interesting to see this day and age what you're getting out of this. I mean, Hulk Hogan, when he started the NWO, was maybe a year, maybe two years older than AJ Styles is right now. So it's a different, it's a very, very different yeah. world uh, than it was back then uh, and the way that people are seeing things. And, and I just think, you know who this is most exciting for other than the fans? This, is mo this has got to be most exciting for the talent. The, the oh, new yes, young talent coming into all elite wrestling to say, oh my God, I could, I could be involved in a program or even just have a one-off match with Chris Jericho. That's something that people used to think 
well, maybe if I made it to the WWE one day, but now it's another goal. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's very exciting. I know this kind of turned into another, uh, all elite wrestling show as well, but that's, but that's in a nutshell, that right there is what makes this a Chris Jericho episode. Because right. we are talking about all elite wrestling and can't, no matter how many times we jump off the topic, we find ourselves back on the topic because Chris Jericho has made, without having a single match, Chris Jericho has made all elite wrestling relevant on a level in which it would not have been without him, in my opinion. AEW is Jericho. Thanks, Josh. That, that was a that was a good uh, that was a good segment. Of course, we'd like to hear your feedback, and um, tell them where they can let us know about their favorite uh, evolution of Chris Jericho. Yeah, let us know uh, how you felt about this episode. What you liked about us just kind of talking about a specific guy, um, and send that to Twitter at the After Chat. Um, and follow us on our Instagram, instagram.com slash the after chat. Follow us there because we are going to be posting a great, great photo of a TV champion, Chris Jericho, and a cow champion, wonderful Willie, Bill After. Championship office wrestling. And if you look at that picture and you think to yourself, Oh man, that's a pretty cool looking title, that championship office wrestling title. I wish I had a t-shirt of that championship. Well, you're in luck because you can go to theafterchat.com and you can click on the merch button and you can find that t-shirt, the championship office wrestling belt on the t-shirt with a little shirt, and, a little tie and, and a pocket and a pen. So you can take notes. You can be your own little journalist there, uh, champion of your office. But also, Bill, what other shirts do we have there for them? Well, we have our best-selling shirt, uh, which is all about my head. Respect the comb over. Uh, we have our uh, is wrestling fixed. I didn't know it was broken. We have that shirt. Um, and uh, don't you have a shirt where about your superpower? I do, and that's over at uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash Josh Chernoff, or you can go to sosayschernoff.com and click the link there. And it's sarcasm is my superpower. It is. Thank you, Bill, for bringing that up. I really appreciate that. And you've used it here. What, you know, it, it, your sarcasm sometimes irritates me. Like for example, you doubting my knowledge of, uh, certain things. I think you're misunderstanding. You're misunderstanding sarcasm for me thinking that you're not telling the truth, but yeah, that's that's definite sarcasm. I'm not a sarcastic guy. No. One other thing that I do want to bring up before we go, there are two things. One of them is beside blue chew. We have another great weekly sponsor. We do. And that is smart hold. Smart hold is a message on hold service for only $35 per month. That's right. Only $35 per month. Plus, and this is the best part, Bill, there are no contracts. So let's recap that for a second. Smart hold message on hold service, only $35 per month with no contracts. If you run a business where you place your callers on hold, one of your most effective and least expensive marketing tools is message on hold from smart hold. I don't think a lot of people realize that when you have your caller on hold, you have a captive audience. Replace the radio stations and CD players, which by the way, 
is illegal. Or maybe you have some really bad music that came with the phone, or even worse, as we've been talking about, silence. With today's cell phones, placing a caller on hold to silence is deadly. Most callers won't be sure if they're still on hold, if they're still connected. Right. They'll probably just hang up like you do or I do. Can you afford to lose that call, Bill? No, absolutely not. I couldn't afford to lose that call in my business. And that's why with Smart Hold, we make your caller's hold time more enjoyable and informative while the caller's hold time feels shorter. It also makes you sound more professional. Because with Smart Hold, you get pro voice talent, both male and female, unlimited message changes, professional script writers, broadcast quality audio, fresh background music, music licensing fees, and even a Smart Hold player should you need one at no charge. All for only $35 per month per location served and no contracts. So go to www.smart-hold.com and order today. That's www.smart-hold.com. Be smart, get smart hold. Now there's another thing going on, some exciting news about Let's hear it. It's a four-letter word that starts with an F and it's called fight. Fight TV. F-I-T-E. Tell them about it, Josh. I would be happy to. Uh, next Thursday, if you're listening to this on a Friday, this coming Thursday, you will be able to witness my show, So Says Chernoff, debuting on Fight TV. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited about it. We've got a, uh, a live studio audience. As opposed to a dead studio audience. Yeah, they have a tendency to clap far less. But we have a studio audience going to be there at Montgomery County Community College, which is awesome uh, for them to be hosting this. By the way, that's in Pennsylvania because that there is. are a lot of other Montgomery counties. Well, there. you can go to uh, facebook.com slash so says Chernoff or facebook.com slash Chernoff show. Either of those are going to have a link to the event page. If you're in the area, the Montgomery County, uh, Pennsylvania area, please come on out and, and uh, take a look. It's free to the public. Um, but you'll be able to watch it Thursday. That That is being recorded on uh, Wednesday night, the 23rd. But on the 24th, we will have an episode that is going to have some headlines. It's going to be focused on... Uh, it's going to be focused on the uh, Royal Rumble and uh, some, some real funny things in there. Uh, I think everybody's going to enjoy it. And it's a great opportunity for me to really flex my sarcastic muscles uh, and just boo. have some fun. Yeah, but uh, you know, Bill says boo and Fight TV says we'd love to have you. So as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing what they, what they say. And, uh, and yeah, so that's going to be uh, available on Thursday. So please check it out uh, and follow me on Twitter at so says Chernoff. follow the show. I, we just have a brand new show Twitter for that at Chernoff show. So be sure to follow that and uh, find out all the information about my show on fight. Okay. And don't forget February 23rd, I will be at awesome wrestling entertainment in Waynesboro, Virginia. It's the night of uh, the hardcore legend. Mick Foley will be the, uh, special guest and yeah. I'm hosting that show and uh, would love to see all of you out there. Our buddy uh, Mac Davis um, will be there as well. Uh, not in a wrestling capacity, just to uh, uh, be a special guest that night and a lot of great talent there. And you can follow him. Don't forget my book 
Is wrestling fixed? I didn't know it was broken. Is still on sale. You know, I plug it every week. Uh, there's also the audio version on Audible. And if you'd like a personal meet and greet and dinner with Bill Apter, uh, email me at beapter at onewrestling.com. That's the number one, not the word. And uh, I can send you a personal email on what the uh, cost would be and how we could go ahead and have a, uh, a great night of uh, dinner, maybe karaoke and tons of wrestling talk. And I'll even bring some of my gimmicks. You know what, Bill? My stomach is telling me that uh, it would like to have a, a nice night of dinner as well. So what do you say we, uh, we wrap this up? You know what, Josh? What, Bill? I'll see you. At the matches? Yeah.